breaking news from KXAN News. Regarding the 18-year-old pregnant woman, Savannah Soto, and her 22-year-old boyfriend, Matthew Guerra, who were found dead in San Antonio. The San Antonio police are releasing surveillance video in hopes to find out more about what happened to them. That video has two people of interest. Police need your help identifying. Check it out. Here's that video San Antonio police posted on social media. During a presser today, Police Chief William McManus said this video was taken near where the bodies were found. And police say you can see two persons of interest, one driving a dark-colored pickup truck, the other driving the victim's silver Kia Optima. Later on in the video, you can see someone in a white shirt seemingly handing something to the driver of that Optima. Soto was supposed to be induced last week. Her body was found along with Yeras inside a Kia Optima at an apartment complex in San Antonio on Tuesday night. Authorities believe that car is Yeras. The San Antonio medical examiner says they both died from a gunshot wound to the head. Chief McManus says the manner of Guerra's death is still unclear. They don't know if it was suicide or homicide. The medical examiner has not yet confirmed the identity of the woman's body, but has labeled that manner of death a homicide. However, Chief McManus says he is confident that body is Sotos. Chief McManus also says this is being investigated as a case of capital murder. Well, back here in Austin, food insecurity is on the rise in Central Texas, and the number of people seeking help at the city's neighborhood centers is increasing. Austin Public Health says it has tripled the number of people served at those centers this year. And KXAN's Avery Travis has a closer look at those numbers and a look inside one of those centers. Good afternoon, Avery. Guys, you might not even notice them as you drive down the street, but the city's six centers are actually nestled within neighborhoods, and they provide all kinds of services to these neighborhoods and the people of Austin. Everything from food distribution events to healthcare and nursing services, and really a lot more. They've been around since the 70s, but APH says the need they've seen, particularly this year, has been eye-opening. Neat rows of canned veggies piles of packages with rice, beans, and nuts. Some pre-made meals as well that we get, some uh, of our protein. And a full freezer. It's the type of stocked kitchen you might picture this holiday season. But that's not possible for many Austinites. The lack of affordable housing and inflation, um, people are just having less money to spend on their basic needs. Angel Zambrano manages the Austin Public Health Neighborhood Services Unit. He says his team had to respond and adapt to meet major increased demand in 2023. Through just October of this year, APH says it served more than 64,000 people at food distribution events. Compare that to the same time frame the year before, where they served closer to 26,000 people. APH partners with the Central Texas Food Bank, and Food Bank leadership says it's also seeing unprecedented demand at or above the level of need during the pandemic. The holiday season is always an incredibly busy time of year, and the need always spikes during the holiday season. And heading into the new year. The population continues to grow in Central Texas, and, um, you know, we don't know what uh, economic conditions are ahead of us, but we're planning on um, trying to figure out how to distribute more food to people in need. For example, a new partnership with APH and Amazon to offer a home delivery service. There's a lot of challenges that we usually don't think about when we can just get into our car and go somewhere. Uh, so we do try to meet people where they are and fill those gaps. 
That delivery service that you just heard about provides people with a monthly box of about 30 pounds of shelf-stable groceries, and it's just one of the many services that clients can access here. Another big one is rental assistance, but Austin Public Health wants to remind folks that that program is really only available when the money is there to fund it. Mm. Daniel. Avery, and how many people do we know uh, did APH serve in the years past? Yeah, we wanted to dig back a little further. We asked for numbers going back to 2020 when Austin Public Health says it served about 20,000 people for food distribution events. Uh, in 2021 and 2022, that number rose to 26,000, as you heard. So it really highlights that steep increase this year in 2023, serving 64,000 people. Live in East Austin, Avery Travis, KXAN News. All right, Avery, thank you very much. And going in depth, Austinites have the highest cost of living in Texas. That's according to analysis done in July by Texas Real Estate Source. Property experts analyzed several factors, including property taxes, utilities, and prices of some goods and services, and then compared them with the average income per capita in order to determine this cost of living. Now, each city got a score based on that criteria to rank them. Austin, you see, ranks number one with the highest cost of living, a score of about 23 out of 100. San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, and College Station round out the top five cities. Find out the other costs to live in other cities under this story over at KXAN.com. And here now with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. It's been a bit of a blustery day out there. It has. That's actually a, a north wind making it colder. Well, I felt it, and my <laughs> holiday decorations are coming down thanks to these gusty winds. I hope from the wind they're coming down? Yes. Oh, no. We I know. secure those. Let me just take you out to what's going to be the coldest night of the week so far, guys. We've got north winds blowing in Round Rock, which is ushering in more chilly air tonight. Up in Round Rock, you see just mostly clear skies. Beautiful from our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather cam, but it's only 57 from Georgetown down to Austin, 54 in Lampasas. Compare this to yesterday, and it is 1 to 3, even 4. Well, it was 4 degrees colder down in Luling. Now it's 3 degrees colder than 24 hours ago. Coming up, we've got a widespread freeze tonight. I'll show you where we drop into the 20s tomorrow morning. Also a gorgeous end to 2023, but a return of cold and wet weather in the new year. All right, thank you very much, David. With the first presidential primary contests of the year just weeks away, the GOP candidates are revving up on the campaign trail. Surging contender Nikki Haley may be in cleanup mode, however, after comments she made about the Civil War. This while frontrunner President Trump, former President Trump, faces the prospect of up to five trials during the campaign year. NBC's Dan Shinneman reports on the 2024 race for the White House. GOP White House hopeful Nikki Haley on defense after she was asked a simple question Wednesday on the campaign trail. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? I, mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. No mention of slavery. That forced the former South Carolina governor to clean up and clarify her thoughts during an appearance on a New Hampshire radio station. Of course the Civil War was about slavery. We know that. That's that's the easy part of it. What I was saying was, what does it mean to us today? What it means to us today is about freedom. That's what that was all about. Haley's GOP rival, Ron DeSantis, quick to respond. She's asked a very simple question and responded with just a really incomprehensible word salad. The Florida governor may be hoping the controversy slows Haley's recent momentum. Polls show her surging. This could have been a great moment for her to say, like, I came from, I come from the South. This is what we've learned. 
And instead, it, would, it is this panic, what do you want me to say about slavery? All the GOP candidates desperately trying to gain ground on the front runner, former President Trump. He's trying to stay on the ballot in Colorado. The state's Republicans asking the Supreme Court to overturn a ruling removing the former president from the state's primary ballot. Trump will be on the ballot in Michigan. That state's high court rejected a challenge to keep him off the ballot in that state. The time to sway voters, though, is running out. The Iowa caucuses are less than three weeks away. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. The home where four Idaho college students were murdered is gone for good. But victims' families aren't really happy about it. We'll tell you why. And a woman imprisoned for plotting to kill her abusive mother is out on parole. Her attorney touches on why prison was the best option. The home in Moscow, Idaho, where four University of Idaho students were killed last year is no longer. It was demolished this morning. The university announced plans for demolition after the house was donated to the school. But families of the victims protested the demolition from the very start, fearing that key evidence could be lost. The university says it is certain now is the right time to move forward with the healing that comes with the demolition. The university shared an email it says came from the prosecutor's office saying the current condition of the house is different and that a jury wouldn't even be able to see it. The suspect, Brian Koberger, was apprehended in northeastern Pennsylvania last year and charged with the murders. A judge entered a not guilty plea on his behalf. Prosecutors requested a summer 2024 trial date. Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the Missouri woman who plotted to kill her mother after years of abuse, is now free. The 32-year-old was released from prison this morning. She was granted parole three years before her original release date. Gypsy had been serving a 10-year sentence on a second-degree murder charge for the June 2015 killing of her mother, Claudine D.D. Blanchard. She had conspired to kill her mother with her then-boyfriend, who stabbed D.D. as Gypsy hid in a bathroom. Prosecutors claimed Blanchard's mother had Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is a psychological disorder in which a caretaker either makes up fake symptoms or causes real symptoms to make the person they're caring for appear sick, often for attention. Gypsy herself testified her mother took her to doctors all her life for various conditions, including leukemia and muscular dystrophy. She testified her mother forced her to use a wheelchair and oxygen tank that she didn't need, along with forced her to shave her head and eat through a feeding tube. Blanchard's attorney says he's still grasping with the fact that prison was the best option for Gypsy compared to life with her mother. You know, one of the hardest things for me was um, the fact that the best deal for her was uh, something that landed her in prison for almost a decade. Um, uh, and after spending most of her life essentially a captive of her mother, to be imprisoned again was not really where I wanted her to be. The killing got national attention and inspired multiple documentaries and a series on Hulu. Well, a cybersecurity breach is causing issues for people trying to close on their homes. A warning to those trying to do the same. Even with some welcome rain last weekend over Christmas weekend, notice how last week's drought monitor did not change much at all in this week's update just out today. But we've got some more rain coming in the new year. We've got your New Year's Eve forecast as well next. 
A realtor here in Austin shared a tip with us about a problem she ran into this week. Her client could not finish the process of buying a new home because of what they're calling a cybersecurity incident. KXN's Will Dupree joins us now after looking into this today. And Will, where did this issue emerge? Yeah, that realtor's client wanted to pay the title company First American so that she could get the keys to her new house. But that kept getting pushed back. First American let customers know it detected some unauthorized activity last week, and that led to the company taking down its website and email system, which of course is a primary way for delivering documents to clients. Only today did it get its website back up and running. However, it asked people to be wary of any suspicious links sent from those pretending to be this company. Local realtor Miriam Mormon says her client never sent in any money, so that was always protected, but she would like this to be a lesson for anyone making a major investment like this. It's just so important not to click on any links unless you know for sure that you are expecting that link. And if you don't, you need to call your realtor or the title company or your lender very good advice there. Miriam Mormon says she anticipates it may take a while for First American to get everything back on track with customers quickly, but she was able to get her client's closing done today after all. Oh, well, congratulations yeah. to those clients. That's always a, a sigh of relief. But I'm curious, what is the company saying about what's going to happen next? An investigation is now underway. First yeah. American did share that it's working with law enforcement and it's also contacted regulators. So that's all being done now. All right. Well, thank you, Will. We always appreciate you. All right, we looked into this tip because of a viewer tip. So if you have a story idea or something you'd like us to look into, please send them our way. Take out your phone and scan this QR code on your screen with your camera. It will take you to our reported feature where you can submit your tips, questions, videos, and even photos. All right, if you're looking to get rid of your fresh Christmas tree as soon as possible, you can do it in a way that is good for the earth. Remember, you can drop off your trees at the polo fields at Zilker Park for recycling. This is video from previous recycling events. You can drop them off starting this Saturday. They're going to be out there from 10 to 2. If you don't want to drive, just a reminder that the city of Austin curbside customers can place all natural Christmas trees on their curb to be collected on their regularly scheduled, uh, scheduled composting collection day. You can find more guidelines under this story over at KXAN.com. Okay, David, your majestic view here of the city at Sunset <laughs> is stunning. I, I want to take it right away. I can't take credit, but let's go to it so our <laughs> folks at home can enjoy it as well. This is from the Austonian Weather Cam, one of the tallest buildings now in downtown Austin. You're actually looking at the current tallest on the right side. That's the 6th and Guad building down at Guadalupe. Uh, this is actually the tallest building right now in Austin, standing almost 900 feet tall. What a gorgeous evening it is. It's chillier out there, 57 degrees with north winds blowing in. See those north and northwest winds at 5 to 11 miles an hour, nothing strong. But this is ushering in cooler air, and it's also blowing up all those ash juniper trees north and west of Austin, bringing cedar pollen into town. Cedar is even worse than yesterday. Hour-by-hour hour updates from our automated AI equipment right here in Austin. Those are always available for you on KXAN.com, so bookmark that site if you're an allergy sufferer. I know this is catching your eye. A little precipitation trying to come our way from the north. We had a few snowflakes near Oklahoma City, a few sprinkles of rain crossing the Red River Valley into Dallas tonight. This is really not going to affect our forecast at all besides sending a couple clouds in, but 
This is not going to be enough to protect us from a widespread freeze. Tonight, I think even in Austin, to be on the safe side, we should think about protecting pets, pipes, plants, and people. These are freeze preparations, and I think this will be the coldest night of the week. Here we are after sundown tonight. Temperatures dropping quickly, mostly clear skies, light north winds, and temperatures in Austin awfully close to freezing at Camp Mabry. 33 is our forecast low tomorrow morning. That means many suburbs and areas outside of town will be below freezing and maybe even some mid and upper 20s. So if you're in one of those traditionally colder, low-lying valleys, you will want to drip your faucet tonight. That's kind of a hard freeze that we're expecting. Otherwise, temperatures this weekend are absolutely gorgeous. What a way to end up what might be Austin's hottest year on record when all is said and done. Warmer sunshine Saturday at 70 and 72 with just a few clouds late Sunday. Your New Year's Eve plans a little bit later Sunday still look pleasant, but another dry, rain-free cold front blows through. This is going to bring midnight temperatures about 46 degrees, breezy winds, but no weather that will really interfere with your outdoor plans, nor the fireworks show downtown Austin. Just be sure to bring your jacket if you're heading out and about. Here's a look at that rain-free front blowing through late Sunday. It'll be a chilly but dry start to the new year on Monday next week. After that, though, remember, we've got a storm system coming. Here it is on a pretty far southerly track, as it looks right now, bringing clouds into our area early Tuesday, then widespread light rain later in the day Tuesday into early Wednesday. Looks like this storm will clear out for much of the day on Wednesday, but another one may actually follow just beyond the seven-day forecast late next week. That's an El Nino pattern for you. Unfortunately, we're still waiting on the serious drought relief that El Ninos can often bring during the wintertime. This storm may bring some widespread wet weather, but we're thinking only a quarter to a half inch of rain for most of us, especially from Austin eastward over the next seven days. Summing up the storm's impacts, it looks like a chilly and wet Tuesday. That's January 2nd next week. Mainly light rain totals expected, but hey, here's something exciting for the kids and something for you to stay tuned for as well. A few sleep pellets or even a snow flurry may mix in in the northern hill country with the cold rain on Tuesday. This does not look like it'll happen in Austin, nor will it cause any impacts whatsoever, but we'll keep you advised as that becomes a bit clearer. Tonight, 33 degrees in town, a widespread freeze just about everywhere outside of central Austin. Tomorrow, 61 with a breezy west wind that could warm temperatures slightly over today. Uh, Saturday morning looks like another freeze in many areas before that nice weekend warm-up. There's your breezy, chilly start to the new year. Rain likely on Tuesday with high temperatures now down to 49. Then clouds increase again later next week ahead of storm system number two. All right, David, thank you so much. A southern state is set to become the first to ever execute a death row inmate using nitrogen gas. The questions and concerns surrounding this method. Right now, rough weather on both coasts, including major flooding and evacuations in California and thousands of new flight delays. Plus, the new warning about counterfeit diabetes and weight loss drugs. How to protect yourself on Nightly News. Next month, the state of Alabama is set to use nitrogen gas in a planned execution, and it will be the first state to do so, setting the stage for legal challenges. Officials across the country are working to find alternatives amid a shortage of lethal injection drugs. With Alabama's method, a person would breathe only nitrogen and die from a lack of oxygen.
The inmate set to die, Kenneth Eugene Smith, told NBC News he is unaware of the state protocol describing how the procedure will work. His legal and medical representatives were allowed to tour the execution chamber and inspect a mask for breathing the nitrogen, but without Smith. Smith, who was convicted for his role in the 1988 murder for hire of Elizabeth Senate in Alabama, was set to be executed by lethal injection in 2022, but prison staff were unable to find a suitable vein, so the state agreed they would not try to execute him again via lethal injection. Now, lethal injection remains the primary method of executions in Alabama and in many other states. Here in Texas, it is the sole method. All right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we've got Law & Order at 7 o'clock, followed by an all-new transplant at 8, then Dateline at 9, and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. Join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here is where to find us.